Welcome to episode seven of Carol at Christmas, a story told in 12 parts. Let's begin. Carol lies back on the couch, defeated. Robin looks at her with concern as she presses pencil to steno pad. When the couch lifts, Carol does not hold on. As they glide out of the emergency room and through Crum and Jacobs's doors, Carol is still lying down, inconsolable. They land next to the women's apparel cash wrap desk where young Carol balances a phone between her shoulder and her ear. Meanwhile, inside Danny's steakhouse, young Beau sits in a booth drinking a martini alone. On the table in front of him is a jewelry box topped with a red bow. He holds a pre-flip phone cell phone to his ear. Didn't the store close at three? We wanted to double check our reports. We might have a new sales record to celebrate. I've been waiting here since 5.30. Young Carol looks at the clock above her. It's six. Her brows pinch together in distress. Give me 15. Needy much. You'll be here in 15 minutes, right? I will. I promise. Young Carol hangs up the phone. She gives her full attention to the sales report as it prints from the register. I miss my wing girl. You don't need a wing girl. She shakes her head at Mallory, but smiles at the final number as the report stops printing. It's better than need. I want my wing girl. We did it. I get it. He needs you. We made 40,000 more than any Christmas before. Don't forget that you need you too. Before you know it, you two will be married, have a couple of kids, then he'll run off with someone younger, less overworked, with fewer demands. You'll be at home. Two kids, no career, broke, because he's worked the system against you, just like your dad. Patterns repeat. Oh my melodramatic Mallory, did you hear me? 40,000 more than the best Christmas in our or Clayton's history. We did it. The two embrace and jump up and down, making a full circle that ends when young Carol is faced with a clock. The time is now 6.15. She puts on her jacket, hat, and red leather gloves. What a perfect present. And on Christmas Eve, young Carol heads out the door. Robin scribbles frantically with her magic pencil onto her steno pad. Her couch corners and speeds to the entrance of Danny's steakhouse like a race car, forcing Carol to lean into it. Robin sits upright, sans effort. Slow down. The couch does not slow down. We made it. Robin jumps from the couch, clutches Carol's hand, and pulls her into the booth opposite Beau. Carol's hair is a disaster. Robin's looks untouched. Robin points to the jewelry box in front of Bo. I never saw that box at night. Young Bo looks at his watch. It's 6.30. He picks up the jewelry box and tucks it into his jacket pocket as the server stops by with his check. There's a ring in that box. He had it designed, especially for you. Young Carol runs up behind the server, takes off her jacket, removes her red leather gloves, and slides into the seat across from Bo. She sits on Carol. Robin moves in to make room. Carol scoots in Robin's direction, giving young Carol her own place at the table. A bottle of champagne, please. We have so much to celebrate. I guess I'm staying. The server picks up the check. You're late. Should we get appetizers? I forgot to eat lunch. I'm famished. We had the best day. Young Bo rolls his eyes. What? Going to scold me again for not eating? Uh, no. Look, this isn't how I thought tonight was going to go. How long does it take to grab a bottle of champagne? I wanted to wait until we both had a glass of bubbly to share my news, but... I thought tonight, with this being Christmas Eve... Crum and Jacobs just received the best Christmas present ever. The best present? We beat the store's best Christmas season sales number by 40,000. That's the best. Yes. Carol's attention shifts to the menu. 
Do you know what you want? We should order as soon as she gets back with that champagne. At this rate, I won't eat until tomorrow. Ha, huh. I guess I won't eat until Christmas. It's only been a minute. It took me more than a minute to share my news, and I waited at least a minute before sharing my news. I'm wasting away, not to mention dying of thirst. Look, Carol, I love you. Always have. I know. Always will. You're so sweet. I need to tell Jessica. She's our PR rep. I'm sure she could get some eager reporter to make it into a story. The store breaking the record. Not you always loving me. Then everyone will be thinking of us and not their florists for Valentine's Day. Maybe. Probably. Do you know what you want to eat? You could have ordered us food while you were waiting for me. Why did neither of us think of that? The server returns with a bottle of bubbly. She pops the cork top into a napkin and pours two glasses. Oh, finally. Could we get the T-bone steak for two done medium rare, a side of roasted potatoes, and two salads with French dressing on the side? And I know it looks like I don't eat carbs, but could you please be a dear and bring a basket of bread and butter ASAP? I am famished. Did I miss anything? So much. What else should we get? Nothing. Okay then, please get that bread right away. Young Carol drinks down her first glass and pours herself another. Beau's arms are folded across his chest. His glass of champagne is untouched. Can I have your attention now? Do you have a piece of paper and pen? I left the office in such a rush to get here. Funny, I don't bring stuff for taking notes on dates. I guess it can wait. I just don't want to forget to tell Jessica in PR. Carol, it's Christmas Eve. The best Christmas Eve? I thought it was going to be, but this. But you, you're focused on numbers and money. You're all work. Always work. No play. It's exhausting. What are you getting at? You're not my Carol anymore. Not the Carol I remember. I know it's been a tough year. I do. Did you hear my news about the store tonight? We crushed it. What's tough about that? Carol, I love you. Always will. This time when she says it, she looks into Beau's eyes. Another server drops bread and butter off at the table. Oh, thank God. She takes a piece of bread from the basket, puts it on her plate, and butters it. Beau just watches her. He waits until she's taken a bite and has her eyes back on him. This is not how I pictured tonight going. Not at all. This moment couldn't be further from what I'd hoped for, from what would have made this the best Christmas Eve ever. I'm sorry I was late. It's not that. It is, but it isn't. Look, I've done my best to be patient, but I just can't anymore. Young Bo stands up. He pulls out enough cash to cover his portion of drinks and the food he won't be dining on. Enjoy your best Christmas Eve ever celebration. He turns on his heel and leaves. Young Carol finishes her champagne and pours herself another glass. She looks startled, but not devastated. But Carol's shoulders can't slump any lower than they are. This one's on you. I know. Why show me these things? You know, sometimes the only way to fix a mistake is to own it and apologize. It's a few years too late for that. He isn't dead yet. There's time. Robin presses her magic pencil to her steno pad. She and Carol are whisked back to Crum and Jacobs and forward two decades. A 49-year-old Mallory stands on top of a ladder wearing heels, holding an ornate sparkly star in both hands. Her arms stretch toward the top of a gigantic tree decorated to the hilt. It's part of a massive display depicting the Nutcracker's battle scene. It features the Rat King, the Nutcracker, soldiers, mice, and of course, Clara. Both the Rat King and the Nutcracker hold swords and turn off Ote. Stella holds the ladder. Carol and Robin hover over the scene as if they have center balcony seats.
Unbelievable. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't necessary, I promise. Necessary? I remember it well enough. Our memories aren't as honest as we think. At least a dozen sales associates help with the display. Another dozen help customers. No one has time to lean as last minute Christmas sales are underway. Stella hollers up at Mallory. Should, uh, should, should one of the guys do that? We don't need a man to hang a star. I mean, one of the tall ones. Mallory heaves a sigh. <laughs> shifts the star into one arm, and comes down the ladder. I just need the right shoes. Mallory goes over to the shoe department and grabs a pair of outrageous platform heels from a display. She puts them on. Back up the ladder she climbs. Mallory is halfway up the ladder when Stella hollers up to her again. Hmm, maybe I should get Miss Crumb. Carol will just complain about how much this is costing us. From where she sits next to Robin, Carol yells, Stop! Mallory, don't go, I still need you! Mallory reaches the top of the ladder once again. Please, Mallory, I better than need you. I still want my business partner. Mallory holds a star almost above the treetop. Mallory pushes up onto the tiptoes of her platform shoes. Carol's eyes don't leave her, though every part of her wants to look away. As she reaches, Mallory owes oh, with effort. Oh, 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 I should have insisted we didn't have the money for it. Would she have accepted that? Hmm? Mallory lets out a scream as she tumbles oh. from the ladder top. Carol covers her eyes and screams with her. The Nutcracker and Rat King spin below Mallory. She is about to be impaled when Robin puts her magic pencil to her stenopad, stopping Mallory's fall midair. Robin's couch descends slowly. Did you, did you just undo the past? I only have the power to show what was and to hit pause before seeing something that's, well, better left unseen. What you needed to see is that Mallory made her choice. We all make choices, and all of our choices have consequences. You know, remember that, okay? It wasn't your fault. Jeez, you, you can't control everything. Carol is wrecked. She lies back and closes her eyes. Robin presses her magic pencil to her steno pad one last time. She and her couch disappear.